Hey, welcome back to Disciple 52. I'm John Norman, your host, with Sam Baker, our producer. Hey, Sam, how you doing? I am good. And Sam and I have been just sitting here in the studio, just really enjoying talking about chapter 13 and some of the challenges of this chapter. We won't get into them because they can get really yeah. challenging. Um, but yeah, um, a lot of viewpoints. A lot here. of viewpoints here. A lot of uh, misapplied viewpoints, and uh, we just. We so went. I'll say this about reading chapter thirteen: remember that the thesis of what Paul wants—that's what I'm saying—is the main point is in twelve, one and two. Yep. Everything else said after that is really fleshing out what it means to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. To pre- right. it, what it means to present ourselves as a group, as a single living yeah. sacrifice to God and to be corporately and individually transformed by the renewing of our minds. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what does that transformation look like? Then he goes into this whole, let 12 guide, thir- let the end of 12 guide 13. Yeah. Where he's like, hey, we're not going to... Yeah. Overcome, be overcome with the evil. We're going to overcome evil with good. Uh, we're not going to take revenge. Um, you know, and then if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Um, all these things, he's like setting you up to be like, okay, now I'm going to drop this really hard yeah. thing on you. Yeah. And that's where 13 comes. Yeah. And, and I think it's, I think it's like, Super important that we realize that in everything Paul is fixing to tell us um, of how we should live and how we should walk out this gospel is Christ is the example. Yes. So when when Paul says, do this, if we ask ourselves, well, did Christ do that? We're going to see that he did. Paul's not going to ask us to do anything that Christ did not set an example for. Because go back to 5 through 8, chapters 5 through 8. Yeah. What is Paul saying? We're living in an age where you're going to be defined by sin and death. That's right. Or you're going to be defined by life and peace. That's right. The only way to be defined by life and peace is to die to the reign of sin and death. That's right. To be resurrected to a life like his, meaning Jesus. And so now he's saying, okay, we've taught the talk. Now this is how you walk the walk. That's right. And this is what means to be living a life like Jesus. I think we just need to start ver- this discussion of chapter 13 with the last verse. Okay, yeah. The of last 13. verse of 13. Okay. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. And make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Great. So now if we if we read that and keep that in mind and go back to the beginning of the chapter and we read it all through that, you know, lens, I think we'll come away with the right understanding. Yeah. So, so pay your taxes. 
live peaceably. Yeah. I mean, that's basically... Be a good citizen. Yeah. And not just for good citizens' sake. No. That's what he, that's what he says. Yeah. Not, he literally says not only because of the possibility of punishment, but a matter of good conscience. You know, being kind and peaceable with your neighbor and with those set over you... Um. Not meaning you have to agree with everything or any of that. It's just being kind and not repaying evil for evil kind of right. just sets you up. That's right. To glorify God in any situation. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. So, did you. Oh, we're only four minutes in. This is strange for us. Usually we, <laughs> we chat it up about, you know, doing Disciple 52. <laughs> you should do that. Do all the weekly goals and stuff. Um, so what, I mean, without you know, getting into I, just, the weeds. Here's the thing. You know, Sam and I, we had a you know, giant I'll tell you, we're red-blooded Americans. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sam don't like, but you know, and when I say that, what I mean is, is we're two guys who were raised in the South. We've grown up in the Southern culture. Yeah. And some of this verbiage, some of these first things, it kind of, you know, it kind of smacks against our don't tread on me. Yeah, rattles <laughs> you know, a little bit. You know, like I'm a patriot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 it brushes up against that. And, you know... I think the thing that, you know, and I know God's challenged me since I since I've met Sam, okay? That's really how Sam and I met. Oh yeah. Is a, is that's there was right. a there was a, a, a post on Facebook and Sam like, hey, the only person maybe we should go up. to coffee. Yep. And I'm like, yeah. I like coffee, you know. So if and, you don't know, that's my strategy. If I if I have a disagreement <laughs> with somebody publicly on social media. Yeah. I quit kind of during COVID or maybe yeah. right before COVID. Cause I don't remember. It was right before. Cause yeah. our first podcast we ever did was during yeah. COVID. But, uh, um, it was, it was like the year it was 2019. Yeah. And, uh, so I had just said like things were going crazy on social media. And I was like, look, I'm just going to adopt, um, a surprise the world mentality. If I disagree with somebody, I I think we should hash it out face to face. So I'm going to start inviting people to go to coffee. Yeah. And if I have a disagreement, I'm just like, I really think we should go to coffee and talk about this. And John is the only person who's ever taken me up on it. Wow. And I've offered it to many. And look look what I gained. Yeah. We both gained. Yeah. Both gained a friend. So, you know, anyway, um, so I've been learning a lot about um, what it means to really be more kingdom-minded and to uh, not emphasize or not prioritize my nationality over my um, being an heir yeah, and a co-heir with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so the kingdom of God... Which is not of this world, right? Um, which is to come, mm-hmm. but it's close. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. So just and so 
you know, I think what Paul and I think what we see in the whole counsel of God's word from Genesis to Revelation is that um, no matter what nation you were born into, yeah, that the the kingdom of God as children of God, that's where our focus should be. That's that's really what governs our lives as yeah. kingdom kingdom law. The Jesus is what Jesus said. Mm-hmm. He is the highest authority. All authority, as we see here, is ordained by Him. Mm-hmm. We struggle with that sometimes because there are some people who are in authority who aren't good people. Right. And but that never that. We should never be threatened by that, though. Yeah, Paul's not writing this in uh, Candyland. No. Okay, he is simultaneously being persecuted by some Romans and then looking to using the system. I mean, if you if you read Acts, was he in prison when he wrote Romans? No. Okay. I don't think so. Some of his later letters. Yeah. But you know, Paul does get arrested, but it—it's almost he's arrested. He's in prison, more like house arrest because he's yeah. awaiting yeah. a trial he's that he trial. requested. Yeah, and he and, and to he avoid even, being killed by the Jews. Yeah, or his even, fellow Jews. And in he Jerusalem. even used his Roman citizenship. Yes, to his advantage. And this isn't that. speculation. This yeah, yeah. is laid out in yeah. Acts. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Pretty clearly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so it it's kind of a... I think this goes back... If we read this in light of do not be conformed to the ways of this world, what Paul's saying here is going to challenge you if you're like the biggest nationalist ever, this is going to challenge you. Yeah. If you're the biggest anarchist ever, this is going to challenge you. Yeah. If you're, you know, it doesn't matter where you fall on the political spectrum. Yeah. This is going to challenge you because all of those things I just named are ways to conform to some version and system we have yeah. in this world. And Paul's calling us, yeah, to be transformed by the and, renewing of and, our mind. And and, and and this is what this is what the, the truth that comforts me and frees me and just. I rejoice in is that it doesn't, and and you know, it's easy for me to say this to a degree because I have been, I was raised in America, right, and I don't know what persecution is. I don't know what religious persecution. Yeah, for the is. most part, as a white, yeah, person in America, if you obey the law, you're yeah, pretty yeah. I I cannot say that I have suffered discrimination. You know, right. The worst is probably on an economical. Maybe I've had some rich white person look, oh, yeah, look, yeah. look at me because I yeah. wasn't as rich as they are. Okay. Yeah. Some people have commented on my accent. Yeah, I've had. I've been up north and been out, mm-hmm. and I've been, you know, relegated to uneducated. Yeah, southerner. White trash, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Redneck, but you know. Yeah. It hasn't cost me a lot, no. you know. Maybe a little pride, you know. Yeah. Maybe it hurt my feelings, but yeah, I can't say I'm deeply scarred by any of that. I've never been, you know. Yeah. Worried about it. Yeah. So, but the thing that comforts me 
And the truth that I believe is that regardless of who is who I find myself under their authority and and I am subject to God is still in control of my life and he is able to oh, yeah. deliver me from all my troubles. Yeah. And even trouble I create for myself. Yeah. Which is more likely, you know, what I've experienced more often than trouble by other people. But anyway, I, you know, I think God, I think Paul, you know, like you said, he, he was intentional. He was aware of the situation on the ground. He, he was. But also, I mean, that's not the only passage in 13. No, no, no. It also goes on to, I mean, he's really talking about how do we, how do we treat outsiders? Yeah. How, how do we as a church organization react to the fact that we are in the world? We do have a geopolitical context that we're uh, active and expected to be active in. So if your church, whether your church is in South Georgia or China or Iran or France or England, you still are an organization, the body of Christ in a context and you have to operate yeah. and the operant word that he's using in 13 is love yeah and he don't owe he anybody got, anything and, except for love and he's tying a direct connection of lawfulness to love yeah and you know part of the reason that Rome ultimately became a Christian government was because of how good the Christian citizenship was, how loving they were. Yeah, the real- how how non-contentious they were. Yeah. The biggest problems that the Roman government had with the early church was they didn't kind of submit to the cult of Caesar. That's right. And so they were thought to be atheists. Right. Because they didn't have an idol, they didn't have shrines, and so, ironically, they were known as atheists because nobody could see their God, Mm -hmm. and atheism was synonymous in the Roman Empire with uh, 'er ne'er-do-wells, people who didn't do good business. Mm. If they didn't appeal to a higher authority, who's holding them accountable accountable for their business practices? Mm. And you can't trust these people. And, you know, when they threw feast to Caesar, these people just stayed at home and, you know, they begin to be marginalized and therefore unknown Mm -hmm. entities. Mm -hmm. And so they didn't take part in the social events because most of the social events revolve some kind debauchery. of debauchery <laughs> well not only debauchery but um like they were they Idol surrounded worship. thing you yeah. know Paganism. Cult. yeah and so they got pushed to the margins they became really shape at like people just didn't know a lot about them but then if you read the letter of Pliny the elder to caesar He's talking about like, you know, I caught some of them, I tortured them, but I really can't, I mean, what do you want me to do with them? Yeah. They really haven't 
broke caused any, any problems yeah. or broke any laws. Like, you know, I, I killed one. Is that what you want me to do? And basically the letter back is like, mm-hmm, yep. You know, if, if they'll recant their statements, let them go. If they don't, you know, kill them. But, yeah. And then then they start building hospitals. They they put an end. So Christians brought it into the gladiatorial games. Uh, they brought it into a practice called um, exposure, where if if you didn't want a child you would just leave it out in the elements to die of exposure Mm. well people would leave their children these babies out that they wanted basically postpartum (laughs) abortion and uh the christians would gather them all up and take care of them they opened the first public hospital that didn't you know doctors were kind of on retainer Mm. Back in the day, regular people relied on witch doctors. I mean, basically what we would call shamans or yeah. witch doctors or whatever. And so they opened a public hospital. Um, and it was that kind of thing. Yeah, that, their love. I mean, brought and the lawfulness. To the, yeah. Right. That they didn't, in the first three centuries especially, there was no... I think Rome kept expecting a rebellion. Yeah. Rome kept expecting armed conflict mm-hmm. for these people to start assa- trying to assassinate leaders or whatever, and it never came. Mm-mm. They never killed anybody. Yeah. They, that, and on the contrary, Rome killed thousands of them, yep. and for every thousand they killed, a hundred thousand popped up yeah. in their place, yeah. and they're like, well... This ain't working. Uh, yeah, and they're not fighting back. So we don't really have a leg to stand on when it comes to I mean <clears throat> Yeah. I think I think uh I think also in our own in our own nation, I think uh I think the civil rights movement mm-hmm. is a great example of how Martin Luther King um Junior Junior, yeah, how he 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 grasped this idea from chapter twelve to mm-hmm. overcome evil with good, yeah, and being lawful, knowing what the law says, even though it was not being justice was not right, but they unviolently just you know staged those those uh unviolent protest yeah you know and because when you're obeying the law yeah the enemy they may come at you yeah there's no protection given here that nothing bad's going to happen to you but there's no leg to stand and, on and, in the eyes of the world and they actually broke some laws yeah but some that were unjust right yeah and see that's when that's a that that's when you're you know, and but they did it nonviolently, right? And they said, "Hey, this is not right. Yeah. This law is unjust, and we're just protesting yeah. an unjust law, right?" And I think, look, look how God used that to change many unjust laws, right? And so, I think there's some application there that, yeah. that. Um, but I love what verse did you choose? 
Did I choose one? I don't know. You should have. I should have. We're a little ahead. Um, yeah. This is the week ahead. Yep, so. yep, yep, yep. I chose verse eight. Okay. Oh, no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Yeah. I think I would choose 10. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Yeah. Um, pretty powerful line in, if anybody's watching The Chosen, you know. Oh, yeah. Pretty powerful I haven't line. seen any of the new season. Pretty powerful line in there where he's, Jesus is uh, having a, a contentious conversation with a Sadducee or a Pharisee. I can't remember which one, but they accuse him of of breaking Moses's law. Right. And Jesus looks, the character of Jesus looks at it and goes, I am the law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was. He was love manifest. He was, he fulfilled it. You know, he was mm-hmm. showing them how God really intended for the law to be fulfilled. Yeah. You know, and um, so I love, owe no one anything except to love. You know, that sounds like, oh, I, I don't owe no one. But that's actually, that's actually a big thing to owe someone love. Yeah. And to realize that we do. I think that's what Paul's saying here is that that's above all things. This is what you owe. Mm-hmm. You, you owe people to love them because God loves you. Yeah. And because God has shown you his great love, how can you not show others the same love that's been shown to you? It also goes back to Jesus' words that even the pagans uh, love the people yeah. who love them back. Oh, yeah. But if we go to Paul in 12, 1 and 2, yeah. we're not, that's not our standard. No. We're not conforming to that standard. Our standard is is being conform, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's right. Is having the mind of Christ who says, love your enemies. That's right. And we know also in Scripture says that that's who we were. We were enemies of God. Yeah, Colossians. Yeah. We were enemies of God, and He loved us. He came to where we are. Yeah. I love the Old Testament story of... I can't remember if it was, I think it was um, Elijah and he and his um, assistant. Elisha. <laughs> no, this was before. Before Elisha. Maybe it was on. Elisha. It was, it, it was the story, Sam, where they're surrounded by the Assyrians and they pray Elisha, or the prophet, I can't remember if it was Elisha or Elijah, mm. prays that his, his, Servants' eyes would be open to see that there are more for them oh, than yeah. were against them. And ended up they God ends up, you know, making the whole enemy blind. And the yeah. prophet of God leads them into an is you know an Israelite stronghold. And instead of killing them, they feed them all. Yeah, it was Elisha. It was in it's in Second Kings chapter six, when the Assy- when the Syrians, Syrians. not Assyrians, attacked there Elisha. Yeah, there is a difference. <laughs> uh, Elisha prayed, "O Lord, strike these men blind." And the Lord answered his prayer and struck them blind. Yeah. And then read the rest of the story. 
Then Elisha went to them and said, you're on the wrong road. This is not the town you're looking for. (laughs) Follow me and I'll lead you to the man you're after. And he led them to Samaria. As soon as they had entered the city, Elisha prayed, open their eyes, Lord, and let them see. The Lord answered his prayer. He restored their sight and they saw that they were inside Samaria. When the king of Israel saw the Syrians, he asked Elisha, shall I kill them, sir? Shall I kill them? No, he answered. Not even soldiers you had captured in combat would you put to death. Give them something to eat and drink, and let them return to their king. So the king of Israel provided a great feast for them, and after they had eaten and drunk, he sent them back to the king of Syria. From then on, the Syrians stopped raiding the land of Israel. Mm, Sounds like he overcame evil with good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice move, Elisha. Yeah, nice got them with that hospitality. So that book we, I mentioned last episode is Surprise the World by yeah. Michael Frost. And okay. it kind of yeah. talks about yes. some radical hospitality concepts. Oh, yeah. And it does. how the gospel is so tied to... Surprise the World. Yeah. They're a great that, book. Really yeah. good book. All right, Sam. Well, I think we've done about as much damage as we can do to Chapter 13. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. If you're still confused, I'm sorry. Ha. Um <laughs> Well, that, the Lord that wraps up week 52, Sam. Do you no, know what that means? 42. I'm sorry, 42. 52 would be now, different. <laughs> I, I was just sitting here looking at 42, and my my mouth said 52. It means we're in the red zone. We are, gosh, think, yeah. only 10 more weeks. It and I've already, such a... I've, you know, I had your, I had your uh, finished, Disciple 52 podcast uh, thank you gift picked out, but I've changed it now. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know I've, I was getting a gift. Yeah. You gotta, I mean, I got to do something to show now you I need to do how something. much I pr- appreciate your your time and energy. And so, but I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> All right. Got you, got you a little anticipation now, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Wow. I want. I needed something to help you with that next ten weeks. You know, get you get you motivated. Oh, I'm keep you excited. Not that you have shown any gonna, signs. We're of, gonna finish. Yeah, we're gonna finish strong. I've been dropping behind a little bit. Have you? I, I, well, yeah, just in getting these published. Well, but if people who are keeping up from when we really started, um, they may have noticed they're getting like these dumps of <laughs> the holidays were, were a serious speed bump. So. Uh, my goal they, is to though? get uh, locked back in. All right. Thank you, everybody. Hope you all have a great week. And um, just just press in. Um, if, you've, if you've been doing it this long, you've probably got a really good habit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and um, But we love you, and we're praying for you. And um, we just pray that God's Word takes root in your heart. And... Uh, just accomplishes everything that the Spirit of God desires it to. Amen. See you next week.